Thank you all for tuning in to the Your Edge podcast. I'm Therese Van Ryan, Senior Director of External Communications at Zebra Technologies, and I'm joined today by one of the founders of RevLogical, a logistics company that rescues and redistributes inventory that can't be sold through traditional e-commerce or brick-and-mortar channels. Ryan Wager, who is RevLogical's President and Chief Technology Officer, has been working with Zebra very closely the past several months to create a highly innovative technology-driven operating model that enables them to rehome this very diverse and valuable inventory in the secondary market in a unique and eco-friendly manner. I really appreciate you being with me here today, Ryan, and uh, look forward to hearing more about your innovative vision and how you're using tech technology to bring it to life in a sustainable way. Well, thank you very much, Therese. We're very excited to be on this path, and I'm very excited to be here talking to you about it. Excellent. Excellent. Ryan, I'd love to start with you telling us a bit more about what compelled you to create RevLogical. What problem did you see in the retail industry and supply chain? So um, the path to where we are now kind of started by taking one small aspect of this industry, and, and that was eBay. And we started building technology around it to make it so that we could get the most effective integration with a specific platform and a specific end result for these products. And while we were working on that very specific use case, we realized that really everything from a truck arriving with product all the way to an item reaching whatever its optimal destination should be really need to be thought of and built and redone and with modern tools and uh, ultimately led to us creating um, something much bigger than just an eBay listing platform with RevLogical. Um, and by we did that by really looking at this whole thing as a chain and even, and even a blockchain as we're now actually building it. So um, you can see how spending time on perfecting simply the initial unloading of a truck could lead to um, overall returns versus just simply one small aspect of maybe speeding up the listing of an item on, on an e-commerce platform. So um, to us, RevLogical really was the culmination of looking at it as you've got to look at it all. You've got to look at all the pieces of how you're doing logistics and all. And by doing them all underneath one curtain, you identify and invent synergies between each steps. And by constantly poking holes in the way that you were doing it before, you just end up with a better solution and you keep striving for perfection which we know we're never going to be, but, you know, why not make that the goal? Right, right, and helping your customers be more efficient, and that's a great goal as well, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, when when we do better, they do better, and vice versa. And if we can find ways, a lot of times it's not just RevLogical-type um, solutions. We're also working with them on how they might be doing the things before it gets to us and coming up with more optimal paths on their side as well. And so – we see our relationship with our vendors in Zebra and our clients to be very symbiotic in that way, that, you know, what's best for either of us is probably best for both of us. Right. Absolutely. And though you're a logistics company, you are technically a retailer too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think when you're building on my previous sentiment is that you can't really just be one of them if you're trying to solve the overall uh, we call it the logistics of the secondary market logistics issues. So you, we had to also figure out not just how to better receive and inventory and process and track products, but then instead of just handing that off to somebody else, you've also got to keep your innovation going, 
to kind of reinvent things that are on more of the retail and end result of that chain. So, I mean, we've built everything from our own point of sale system, our own, um, our own loyalty program. We've invented these stores. So we have these retail rebel stores from Iowa to, to, to uh, South Kansas. Um, the mobile app that involves it, we've got a huge auction and really all of that kept coming from innovation that the, um, type of products we were receiving kind of forced upon us. We, we get literally anything that might end up on a truck. So everything from, you know, uh, a pack of baseball cards to a kayak or a whole bunch of metal. And so we, we couldn't just, um, come up with one solution like we had with eBay. We had to really come up with something on the other side that would handle everything. And unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of unique parts to our industry in that we don't get the same product. We never know what's coming. So most of the type of solutions like point of sale systems are built for the primary market where they know what's coming. They know how many they're going to be. There's, you know, refill reports that have to be created. We have to treat every single product, even a hundred tubes of toothpaste as unique things because that's what they are. They may never show up again or they may show up every day. And so almost everything we do from the receiving of the truck to the ending of the customer had to be kind of invented and built internally. And that's what we've done. Mm-hmm. And speaking of handling everything, I'm curious, when you first started, how were you managing the inventory? Because I would imagine the inbound logistics alone are so complex with so many different types of goods flowing in a bit inconsistently from so many different directions. Uh, pen and paper. <laughs> I mean, uh, and there was a basic Windows system of just manually entering data, which is, you know, uh, you know, much like the rest of this industry. This is obviously, you know, we're dealing with, um, you know, large LTL carriers and large big box retailers that have like their way of doing things. And that's worked for a long period of time. And and so we're one of the cool things about Red Logical is it's a marriage of that industry expertise. So my partners have over 30 years in doing things the way that they were always done, but also that awareness of the pain points. And then when I joined uh, to kind of complete the technical part, I brought in 30 years of solving more of the Silicon Valley type problems and that marriage of that kind of industry acumen and the subject matter expert on the logistics side married with that technology is what I think really makes us special. Mm-hmm. I know you've recently implemented an extensive RFID system to increase operational visibility and control. Can you tell us a little bit about the system design and how it works? Um, so we, we started working with Zebra about three years ago, and it all started with the idea that our method of not just um, logging where something was, but identifying where it was kind of needed a page one rewrite. Um, I looked at a lot of different tech, but the one that excited me most was RFID, and Zebra is really the king of that industry. Um, so I worked, w- I worked through documentation, and at even one point, I figured out the direct email address of one of the developers <laughs> um, who wrote one of the uh, what's called SDKs for Zebra and just started poking at this thing and learning about it and picking it apart. And at first didn't even know where it would end up. I just knew that somehow the marriage of RFID with antennas and other technologies that I wouldn't find out for months and years after that was going to really fundamentally change how we went at um, solving this case. So now we end up with a solution where instead of just knowing that a tag went underneath an antenna, we're actually utilizing ATR 7000s to triangulate the exact position in a certain room of a tag. And then 
On top of that, we've invented a connector to these programmed cameras to where we can take that um, kind of two-dimensional XY Cartesian plane of it's in the left, you know, in quadrant three, column one on the floor and be able to tell a, a camera to pan, tilt and zoom to directly that space so that you can zoom in on it and get a visual verification. Um, and, and those innovations, that wasn't what we set out to build. We just kept on building the solution that solved the thing right in front of us. And it kind of just kept spurning innovation. And that's where we end up today. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'm curious, Ryan, what made you decide that RFID was the best technology solution for your different challenges? Did you start off thinking you were going to go in a different direction, perhaps, maybe with a barcode-based system? How did that conversation start and then evolve internally as you learned about different options? Yeah, I, th- I think, I, you know, I came into this with absolutely no knowledge of RFID. Like, the most I'd ever been exposed to it was, I think, like most people, you have, like, fobs and stuff to get into a door, but not really even an understanding of how that worked. Um mm-hmm. And so the first thing we did was just like everybody else, you know, like, how about we, instead of someone writing it down, you turn it into a UPC and then you have a scanner that can ingest that. But I, I honestly, to me and the way I kind of have always looked at things is that if you're, if data integrity is important to you, if you're relying on a human being to be that arbiter of truth, you're going to, that's going to in and of itself kind of be a non-starter, right? And so what I loved most about RFID was that, that ability to where as long as this tag gets on this thing and as long as the technology works like it's going to, I'm not going to have to worry about did so-and-so remember to scan that thing before he did the thing or she did this and took it from here. I can just rely on the fact that, you know, an ASIC and and these these technologies that are meant to do a specific thing did what they do. And I can rely on that for, for its critical part in this overall system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you learn during the deployment itself and perhaps after once the system was up and running full scale in the real world? Are there certain things you wish you would have known when you started or something you would have done differently if you could start again? You know, that's obviously a a pretty tricky question um, because I think any engineer will tell you that you learn more and you invent more by firsthand experiencing those failures or those bugs um, than you do by just skipping ahead based on someone else's experience, right? You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So, of course, I wish I had known about ATRs three years ago and been able to speed up the timeline and already be where I'm going to be in, in a year. But I also know we never would have even thought up this use case we have now if we hadn't evolved to this point, you know, and been on this exact path we took to get here. You know, I it's not comparing us to Edison by any means, but he always had a quote that stuck with me where he said, you know, he's not he hasn't failed 10,000 times. He hasn't even failed once. He succeeded by proving that those 10,000 ways don't work. And when you eliminate all the ways that won't work, you find the way that will. That's what we live every day here at Revological. And, you know, ultimately, you can't be afraid to fail. If it, it's only going to hold you back from really innovating. I agree. Did you hit any bumps along the way? And if so, how did you work around or through them? <laughs> bumps. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely say bumps for sure. Um, at first, almost none of the hardware or, you know, the, the development kits, the APIs out there were built for our use case. Like, you know, not the point of sale system, the tracking systems, none of it was built specifically for what we were doing. And so as you know, my take on it was always, let's take that thing that achieves that this goal that may not be 
have been intended to solve this problem, but if we can figure out a way to connect it to our use case and build those connectors between it, you know, you've got something there. And it's, and, and honestly, whenever we look at an issue and realize that there isn't a solution out there, that's kind of when I feel like we're onto something because then, then you know, you're out over your skis and, and to us, that's the exciting part. So yes, I've, lots of bumps out there. Um, but ultimately at the end of the day, if there was already a solution for all this or if it was easy, I wouldn't be on this podcast talking to you. There wouldn't be a revlogical. It would have already been done, you know? Sure, so sure. in many ways, the bumps are, are, are why we're talking today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Did you define success metrics from the outset? And if so, are those the same metrics you're using today to gauge the impact of the technology on your business, employees, and your overall mission? So there, there's a lot of aspects of revlogical and like what we have to do to achieve our goals that didn't, we didn't have to change what the outcome needed to be, right? This, this truck needs to be unloaded. It needs to be, you know, we need to fit everything into a space, you know, the orders in, we have to be able to get that order and ship it. So like we didn't have to reinvent that part. So we already had metrics, right? So with the old way, the output was X, with the new way it was Y and that Delta is the efficiency gain. You know, that's always nice. That's great. But the really exciting parts though, are when we've just gone out on a ledge and said, you know what? I bet if I can figure out how to get a camera to, make a 3D model of the item when I receive it and then connect it to this live RFID system with this active array and control cameras to, to just point at the freight, you know, that's going to be pretty cool. We should just go do that. (laughs) And, but it's a completely different approach to a fundamental issue that all carriers deal with, which is, you know, I think I'm missing this product. Okay. The, the database says it's actually here. Well, now I got to go call someone to go walk out there and go make sure it's actually that because Sometimes the reason that it got lost is because it got tagged wrong. So us just going, well, why does there have to be a person? Why not a camera? Well, cameras don't just point at space. You have to get on a, uh, on a system and tell the camera where to go. And I was like, ah, I bet that's not true. And I just, we kept pushing at it. So there's no real way to, uh, until the end of that, to even know what it is that you're going to be solving. But at the end of it, you get to kind of come back around and say, yeah, that's actually a lot more efficient and effective than the old way, but you didn't have those to start with. So that's always, those are always the most exciting ones. Cause sometimes you end up building something just cause you could not because you should. And right. yep, there you are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ryan, what advice would you give to other logistics companies or perhaps other retailers who may be struggling to get a grasp on their inventory or find their workflows aren't really flowing all that smoothly any best practices that have worked for you or questions they should be asking to get on the right path to a solution? Um, well, you know, I would, first thing I would say is give us a call. You know, we'd love to work with them. We, we, we like money. We like clients. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I think really just throw out any idea that status quo is the right way to do things. You know, we're in a world where what is even possible evolves at both a daily and kind of exponential rate. Right. So, even within an innovation company like ours, I make it a point to always go back to what we thought was the amazing solution a few months back and try to figure out why it's not good enough. Try to poke holes in it. I always tell my developers, tell me why this is the wrong solution. And until we can't figure out a reason why it's the wrong solution, we don't have the right solution. And so I, that's in, in this day and age, if you're not constantly looking at how you could be doing each aspect of your business, each aspect of your supply chain in a, in a better way, you know, someone else is going to, and they're going to gobble you up. So that's the best advice I could give anyone. 
Those are excellent recommendations, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate them. What you and your team are doing is so fascinating from a business and sustainability perspective. I really thank you for allowing Zebra to help you drive your vision forward. Thank you so much for your time, and it really feels great to hear that and um, look forward to talking more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Ryan. And for those of you listening who want to learn more about RevLogical or how it is using RFID across its business, visit the Your Edge blog for a link to their success story. And stay tuned in to the blog for more firsthand insights about technology deployments and best practices from experts like Ryan. I'm Therese Van Ryan. Until next time.